You're listening to Inside the Athletic Mind with your hosts, Taylor Cook, Lauren Williams, and Margaret Jennings. Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Athletic Mind, where we dig deep and shed light on the mental side of sports for female athletes and coaches by having open conversations about mental health, mindset, and performance. All right, welcome back to the locker room, everybody. We took a week off last week, just crazy schedules, traveling, lots of going on. So we're back. And today we are going to be talking all about team building and team bonding and why it's so important, why teams need to be implementing this and possibilities of why teams maybe don't implement this to begin with. Um, So let's, uh, let's kick it off here, guys. Well, I think you guys have like some seriously cool stories to share of your own recent experiences. Um, So sad that I missed out on our team retreat, but the videos that I saw from it were amazing. Absolutely ridiculous pantyhose over the face, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Too bad we didn't have a candle to blow out, but we made do with some cotton balls. Uh, maybe a little bit of context here. So obviously all three of us work together with elite high performance um, and we all work remotely. So this was the first time, at least for me to see and meet everybody in person on our, our team retreat to Muskoka. Um, and I was a little bit like unsure of like what the vibe was going to be when I like finally met everybody. But honestly, like I felt so comfortable talking and like being with everybody and getting like the one-on-one time, like where you're not just looking through a computer screen and everything just felt like so natural. And we all like were super real and like vibed really great. And I don't know, like it's not always that way when you're working on like a sports team or like on a corporate team or whatever. Right. So I think we've obviously created such a great environment within our team to, to make that happen. But I guess it Mm -hmm. just goes to show the importance of the whole like team building team bonding experience. Yeah, absolutely. And if I may add, I'm, I'm really upset that I didn't get to meet you in person and experience your height firsthand. (laughs) She's I know. There. I know. <laughs> I was like, man, like lose what, like an inch or two shorter than me. So I was like, oh, I wish that I had somebody who was my height. But Rob's like giantly tall, so it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting, right? Like it's so you talk about team building. You're right. I think it's really unique with our team that everyone, even though a lot of us hadn't met in person everyone like felt comfortable being their authentic selves. And I think like we make a good effort to connect once a week, like, and our connections aren't like, let's talk about work stuff. It's like, how are you doing? Like what's going on? So we consciously create space and we show a genuine vested interest in like each other's well-being. And I think it was great because that kind of laid the foundation for getting in person and and having that kind of vibe continue or like flourish in an environment Mm -hmm. where there's just naturally more informal opportunities to connect with people. But it's funny, right? So as the quote unquote master of entertainment or games master, (laughs) whatever you want to call me, um, it's funny because you think about team building, right? And you often think it's like, okay, let's sit in a circle and like, you know, talk about our goals and our missions. And that part's important, but it's funny because like for me, I really value the stuff. Like, so I brought a bunch of stuff to do like minute to win it competitions. Mm -hmm. So whether it's like the pantyhose, you know, and the tennis ball and trying to knock over cups or what were the other ones that we did? I already forgot. Um, I liked the one who was like the, the pantyhose with the tennis ball in it. And you had to like knock those cups over, but then we had the like over the face they had like the toilet paper wrap too um yeah wasn't there one where you're like pulling kleenex out of a tissue box yeah 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 whoever could pull all the kleenex so it's interesting because you wouldn't necessarily look at those things and be like mm, like team building mm. but for me i think it's great because it's a really natural way to get people out of their comfort zone right and doing things that maybe show a little bit more vulnerability and it's amazing how 
when you do that, or you see your teammates doing that, it really goes a long way in terms of like building rapport and trust with one another. And also, of course, like the humor and the laughter that comes from that. And that creates a level of comfort as well. I don't know. Like, what's your take on that? I think that's like pretty spot on. I was going to ask you like maybe what your guys' experiences were like in sports. Cause for me, up until I hit junior, so like everything before then, we didn't really do like the off-ice team building stuff, like playing those games and getting to know each other. It was just like you had certain friends on the team that you were close with, and that's pretty much who you spent your time with. But once we got to junior, we started to do a lot of that team building, um, like those games and like build that kind of environment. And that actually did lead into my university, which I'm super, super grateful for, because I know the years that we did do a lot of that team building stuff before starting the season, us as a collective were so close and like, we truly felt like family, like everybody on the team. It wasn't like you were like teammates. Like they felt like they, like you've been with them forever. Um, I remember like my first year we played, we played like a version of like the amazing race, for example. So we had like four teams and then each team had a, made sure they had a car so you could like get around and stuff. And we did like these amazing race things throughout the entire city. And it was actually so much fun. And that's kind of like what set the tone for the rest of the year, which is like so, so, so important. I think, I don't know about you, Lou, but. One of the things I think it's important to acknowledge with us with elite first is that like, we're all primed to kind of invest our energy into that kind of thing already right? Like we know how important it is to get to know one another, to have those spaces where you're not talking about work, where you're just like catching up on each other's lives. But in the team setting in sports, that's like not a thing, right? Because half of us are told to leave our personal lives at the door when we get to the rink or when we go into the gym. Um, So I think our team first off is unique in that. And again, I'm just so upset that I missed this retreat. But Let me just reiterate one more time that I am very upset <laughs> that you missed the retreat also. <laughs> and um, when I think of like my experiences with team bonding, I've had a couple of really different experiences. I've had the experience of like, oh, go do something hard together so that like you struggle and emerge together and you have these whatever stories. And then I've also had the experience of like, let's play like fun games, goof off, do things that like are not working out. (laughs) You're not working out to struggle and do something that everybody in the group is already super familiar with. Um, And it, it always seems to be the experiences where you get pulled out of something that you normally do and like are forced almost to enjoy it with this group of people that you spend so much damn time with that it's like it gives you all the inside jokes that you need to meet each other where you're at right so that like for example like you were talking to her saying that your teams just have clicks you have the people that you hang out with because you have more shared experience with them. Now, whether chicken before egg, is that because you're in a clique and you spend more time with each other or what starts that whole thing? Um, But yeah, when you go through something that like everybody is equally uncomfortable with doing, you leave those experiences with a whole new shared understanding of each other. And like I said, like those inside jokes that you can like pull out for the days to come. Um, and sort of create new friendships with um, and ultimately like when we're talking about teams you need to be able to do that <laughs> for context everyone who can't see a video I just had somebody watching me through a window <laughs> who was that I'm in a glass case of emotion it was my mother <laughs> oh god always something um but you're you're right though like part of like my fondest memories of being in school and like being on teams was all of the stuff that happened outside of the rank to be honest with you like that's what impacted me the most and whether that was like 
doing that team building stuff or whether that was like just doing stupid shit with, with the girls, like it all really does stick. And that's what makes the experience even better, right? Like being able to build and like cultivate those relationships with somebody else and like to have a mutual understanding of each other's experience to like be there for them and support them but to also know that if you're struggling you can fall back on them because they're going to do the exact same thing for you yeah the other big piece of that is like we are social creatures right so like we want to be in groups we want to have a shared collective feeling with with a group of people because that's where we feel most safe and when I reflect on that, I always remember like the nights where my entire team was together when we were out or if my entire team was together, um, we used to go on a rafting trip every year before the season started in the summer. And like those were always the best times when you had the whole group together where you were able to get everybody on the same page. Um, it's just, it's it's really special, but in those environments, it's not like the first instinct to hey let me put myself out there in front of these people that yes I'm spending every day with but that I'm also competing against for a spot on a roster and that you know there is that natural competitive streak where you're like yeah this is my D partner but I want to have more ice time than them or for goalie partners like who's going to be starting goalie going into the season right so it, it is an interesting thing that you have to get over right and understanding that being together as a team is actually way more important than all of those individual competitive streaks that we have equally important equally difficult to do yeah well and it's interesting right because I think from a coach's perspective when you think of team bonding especially early on in the year right it's for it to be effective, it's like this delicate balance of like, okay, how do you create unity, right? Like, how do you make everyone feel like they are a part of this? But then also, how do you like acknowledge the individuality of everyone? Because making that person feel seen and heard is like a precursor for them to actually feel like they're a part of something, right? So I think it's important to try to focus on both. So how do you allow people to give a voice and like share themselves with the group? But then how do you also create this umbrella where everyone feels like, like we're in it to win it together? And then the other thing I would say is you're right. Like most times when we think of team bonding, team building, it's always like start of the season, right? Preseason. Everyone's happy to be here. It's great. Like, let's go out. Let's bond as a team. Let's do these fun things. And then it goes by the wayside and then come like Christmas time, like sometimes people are at each other's throats or maybe things are getting hard. And it's like, there's always that seasonal lull. And I remember for us, like I would, I would always pick up on it. I'm like, okay, like when we get back to campus after, after the holiday, like we need to do something as a team, like we need to bring everyone back together. But I think big picture like that team bonding and that connection away from the rink or away from the field, like we have to find a way to more sustainably embed that into the whole season. So it's not just something that's like, Hey, we love each other. Let's get together at the beginning of the year. Then let's wait for shit to hit the fan. And then, Oh, like let's rebond as a team. It's like, how can we keep that rapport? And it doesn't have to be these like big grandiose trips to different places. It's like, what can you do on a regular basis to keep the team bonded through adversity, through good times and bad? That's um, an interesting question, I think, because you can take it so many different ways. So, I mean, it depends on how you think of team bonding. So, I mean, like I know on our most successful seasons, we did implement the team bonding aspect throughout the season and like doing the minute to win it games, even just like for 15, 20 minutes with the team on like a random day at the rink is kind of what we did. And everybody loved it. We all had a good time. And it was like almost like a de-stressor in a way, because like, you're finally doing something together, but it's not hockey related. You're just kind of having fun, right? Like you're competing, but you're having fun. Um, the other thing I actually want to ask your opinions on because I mean at the university level pretty obvious everybody's going out drinking on weekends that they don't have games so do we count that as team bonding and I don't talk about like the hazing thing I just mean I just mean like 
going out on a weekend with the girls? Like, do we consider that to be team bonding away from the rink or what are your thoughts on it? I mean, yeah, like, yeah, because you're hanging out with each other. And I, so one of the things that we really tried to implement when I was a senior was like, no matter, because obviously we were in the States, so not everybody is legal. And when I was an underclassman, that was a real issue because people were like, hey, we're just going to the bars. And I was like, awesome, can't get in. So every Monday you get back to the rink and you're like missing out on all of these stories that everybody else has to share. And you're just sitting there like, mm, meet, okay. And one of the things that we tried to do, because like, let's face it, every team goes out and does it unless you're on a dry season we already know our thoughts on the dry season thing but one of the strategies for that was like okay everybody is going to go to this person's apartment beforehand so that the whole team can be there for at least part of the night and being together in that setting I think is what makes it maybe not directly team bonding, but you're spending time with each other, right? Whereas, you know, in the traditional sense of it, like everybody going out to the bars, you're missing out on half of the group. And then half of the group is sort of excluded from that, which then just further creates more clicks. So I think anything, anything that you can do as a group that um maybe reduces the desire to rely on those like the natural clicks that form should be and can be considered a form of team bonding because clicks are natural and like they happen just based on who you are more similar to but if you can create opportunity for people to find more things that they have in common with other people that's great yeah. I don't encourage, you know, just drinking yeah. as team bonding. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're right. Try and, try and pitch that to a coach. <laughs> yeah. We're doing team bonding this weekend, actually. We're just going to go to the bar. You're right, though. Like, the pregame part of that is the team bonding part. Like, if everyone's there. But you're right. If you have some athletes that maybe don't drink or anything, like, they could still be a part of like a pregame get together, right. Where you're in the same space and you're able to talk, but it's funny you say that. Cause you're right. Once you, once you step out to the bars and you introduce other social circles and there's overlaps, like it's not necessarily a team bonding experience anymore. And we know like some of the biggest issues teams face probably stem from some of those nights out. But like, when I reflect on my college experience, I'm also thinking like, more person to person, probably some of my most like heartfelt conversations happened at like one in the morning on a Saturday where you're like with a teammate being like, and I just, you know, and like stuff comes out and it's like, so it's actually this point where you really bond with the person. It's not necessarily the ideal situation, but it's interesting Mm -hmm. that there's that level to it. So maybe not team bonding, but you can find yourself in situations where you really connect with someone on a level that you wouldn't Monday to Friday. Yeah. So then I think the question kind of goes to, okay, how do we create that same vulnerability and trust within the team without having to use alcohol as a mediator? Yeah. Without having to let alcohol lower all the inhibitions of sharing. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Because that's a huge part of it, right? I mean, we talk about that with uh, with the corporate groups that we work with, like that's oh. a huge part of being able to build a team is to be vulnerable with the people that you're working with so they can feel or in turn feel safe enough to be vulnerable with you. And that's how you start to create those deeper connections. Mm-hmm. But it's not always like that when it's when, when it's within a team setting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think what you need to do is you need to mandate talking about the tough stuff and the challenges in a way, because I think a lot of us like as athletes have been in that point where like you're drunk on a Saturday night and you get emotional and all this stuff is coming out and it's not like the drinks bring on these emotions, right? It's just being in that state. It lowers the inhibitions where it comes out. I think all athletes at some point, like have doubts, have concerns about their place on the team or like maybe regret a mistake they made, or like, there's always things going on underneath the surface, but there's this weird thing where 
we all have this perception that we need to be tough and present ourselves a certain way, right? Like we can't be, we can't have worries. We can't have doubts in our own abilities. Like we can't have regrets and things we did, but it's like, everybody has fucking regrets. Everybody has doubts. Every single person makes mistakes. So especially from a leadership perspective, like how can you make it completely normal and not just normal, but mandated, like get your athletes to proactively talk about those things Mm -hmm. so that they're not under the surface, just building and then coming out in ways that aren't necessarily productive. Yeah. I think the other big piece of that is the, I can't say that I'm not enjoying myself because I'm just supposed to be happy to be here. Right. Like, Oh, if I say that I'm not having fun, then you know, I'm that asshole. And I think it, honestly, it starts, especially with athletes because we don't see enough of this. I personally think it's huge if the coach can model it or if the coaching staff can model how to have those kind of different difficult conversations and open the floor and make it normal for people to talk about difficult things. Um, how they go about doing that is completely up to them. Maybe there's some adversity that's, you know, everybody's acknowledging on the team already. Um, or maybe it's like when, um, I was at school, my coach lost a friend of his and didn't talk to us about it at all. And it was like one of his longtime friends that he lost and all of us knew that it had happened and we could see that he was upset and he wasn't, you know, fully there. And we were like, dude, just talk about it. Like we all want you to, but if he doesn't feel like he can talk about that with us, what does that tell us? in terms of what we are good to talk about and what is not good to talk about. And um, leadership groups can also take that on, right? And have that conversation of, again, this is one that I had, like people are moving away from home for the first time in their life. People are living on their own for the first time in their life. They've got a lot of responsibilities. This is their first time where like everything is on them, technically. They don't have mom and dad to push them to do their homework anymore so how can we make it okay to talk about the fact that that is hard and that it's not easy and within one of the first team meetings literally saying that for all the freshmen in the room we're not here to make you feel like you're lesser than because you're experiencing this stuff for the first time and we are quote-unquote veterans it's not about that it's hard it was hard for me when I did it it was hard for them when they did it So just talk about it because then we can help you. Whereas if you don't talk about it, nobody can help you. And then it just spirals and tanks. And before you know it, you're on academic probation. (laughs) Well, but like you said, right? Like there's that you don't want to seem ungrateful. And I think sometimes coaches are worried because like, you don't want to open the door for people to just always be complaining about what's going wrong. Like you don't want to breed a culture of like, people looking at the problems all the time where Mm -hmm. this is different. Like you're not trying to say, Oh, everyone just always complain about everything. It's these are actual problems that everyone faces in this environment. So a we're going to accept and acknowledge that they exist. We're going Mm -hmm. to make you comfortable expressing them to us. But then the next step's really important too, which is like, here are some practical, tangible ways to help you when you're faced with these issues, right? Because to just say, oh, like, you know, let us know if you miss home, I miss home. Well, still like as a coach, I'm not doing my job if I'm just hearing that. It's like, how can I proactively put things in place that are going to help you navigate those difficult emotions or those challenges? Yeah, I'm. it makes me think of um, Brene Brown's Empathy Misses. It's like she talks about how you convey empathy and how you meet people where they're at. And then she also talks about empathy misses, which is like, um, instead of just listening to the problem, it's trying to find a solution and not actually listening. There's a bunch of other examples, um, but it brings me to an experience that I had, which was like, if you're struggling with school, here's your academic advisor's information. (laughs) If you're struggling mentally, here's your, your sport psychologist, mental performance coach. And I think that it's good to know that you have the resources, but it's equally as important for when that happens 
for the person who's giving you the resources to say, I get it. I understand it. I can relate to you. And also when you are ready, here Mm -hmm. are the resources that can help. Yeah. And before it happens, having said that, right? Yes. (laughs) Because that's where the line is. If people don't know that it's okay to feel those things, they're not, they're not, you know, they don't come forward with it. Whereas if you're like, listen, struggling academically as a student athlete is very common. It's likely that at some point in your career here, it's going to happen. We want you to know, we understand, we Mm -hmm. support you. If so, you know, come to me and let's connect you with the resources you need, but not, yeah, not waiting for them to come to you. Cause as we know, athletes don't always do that unless they feel comfortable to do so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and let's take like a real life example, like even just from this weekend, right? So Lou obviously like wasn't here for this. So let me just, let me just fill you in. But like, so Friday night we went there and, or I don't know what time it went. Anyway, got to Muskoka Friday. We were just kind of like, I don't know, I would say like, kind of like birds, like pecking at food. Like we wouldn't, we didn't actually have like a full meal. So like by the time Saturday rolled around, we had had like, to me, what to me, I would think it's a smaller breakfast, like just some like scrambled eggs, toast, and that's like a couple meats or whatever, depending on what you ate. Anyway, by the time like, you know, two, two thirty, three o'clock rolled around, like we were like, like the group of us was like starving. Like we were like hungry and we weren't supposed to be going to dinner until like, I don't know, what was it like six or seven o'clock or something like that. And we didn't have anything scheduled, but we had like team team building bonding discussion kind of thing scheduled for us free so it finally took somebody to speak up and say like hey I'm hungry like I want a meal so we talked about (laughs) ordering like like service to the room or whatever which they didn't have so but like once one person spoke up about it then the rest of us were all like yes like we also would like a meal Yeah. But like just goes to show like how important it is to actually be proactive with those kind of situations because I mean that's something as like simple as just wanting to eat a meal and not snack throughout the day yeah. versus like talking about what's going on mentally for you like whether that's good or bad like maybe you're struggling maybe things are going really well and you want to share those accomplishments right like it's not just about being supportive for the troubling times it's about also being supportive for the really great times too. Yeah. And this goes back to Rob's analogy. He always says this, right? He talks about like vulnerability and people practicing vulnerability is like a snowplow, right? Like it clears the way for other people to then be vulnerable. So like, if you're that person on a team who's really comfortable with sharing stuff about yourself and like being vulnerable and open with your teammates, do it and share that stuff because somebody else like it's the same thing with asking a question right nobody wants to ask the question because you know like oh what if I'm the only one who's thinking this you're probably not ask the question somebody else in the crowd feels the same way or is asking the same thing it's the same stuff with teams like if you're hitting that point and I know December is a huge like November December area is a huge time for athletes to start feeling burnt out especially in hockey because it is basically a year long season. If you can say, look guys, I know that I'm starting to get tired and I think I need to take a second to recharge. What should we do to do that? Can also open the floor for like anybody else to say, Hey, yeah, I'm also feeling the same way. What can we do? And then you have more minds coming together to try and solve the same issue. So if you can be that snowplow for other people to clear the way so that they can also be vulnerable, I think that's really huge. Whether it's a food conversation or like <laughs> mental well-being. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. The food thing's super important for me, honestly. Um, but- that's so funny though. <laughs> But because you're with a group of people for the first time and you're like, I don't want to just chow down if everybody else is good with this. That's pretty much, I think, kind of like what the vibe was. We're like, okay, well, like everybody else seems pretty comfortable with just like having some snacks around. So like, yeah, I'll be okay with it too. <laughs> I want to be dainty. I don't want <laughs> Okay, as athletes, I don't think being dainty is even a possibility. No, no. Mm-mm. not at all. 
Mm-mm. Not in my book, at least. No. It was, was not made to be that way. No. So, okay, so, if- oh, MJ. No, go you ahead. go ahead. You go ahead. Well, I was going to say, like, I'd like to hear some of your, your guys' like, experiences with team bonding, like the good, the bad, the ugly, like the funny, whatever it is for you. Like, I'm interested to hear, maybe it's coach bonding. Like, how do you bond with your coaches, MJ? Like, I don't know that whole process. So, yeah, I don't know. Let's hear, let's hear something. Good Lord. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll share one from my playing experience. So when I was at school, our, um, one of our co-captains, well, I guess she's more a captain, but co-captain now runs like Ironman competitions professionally for a living. So like very, very fit, very into that whole ordeal. Our whole family was growing up anyway. So our, they elected for our team builder to take us for a triathlon as a team. And we were split. Thankfully, like it was like a try a try thing. So basically rather than like each person have to do all three things, it was like, we were in teams of three and each person had like one leg of the triathlon. So there was like the biking, the running and the swimming. And of course, like all of us wanted the biking. So that was like the first thing off the table. And then the second one was probably the running. And then it was like pulling teeth, trying to find people willing to swim. Cause it was in like open water, this, this swimming thing. So I still remember at the beginning, I thankfully wasn't a swimmer, but I remember them going out and I remember like an emergency boat coming, like not that long afterwards. And I was like, Oh God, like what's going on. And it ended up being one of my teammates who like, didn't want to do the swimming, but like got roped into it because it's really like, I didn't know this, but it's like, really intense because people are all like crammed together like sardines and she's like I was like getting kicked in the face and like clawed and she's like I wasn't gonna make it she's like so I just started yelling like help help and then the boat came and like saved her and brought her back to shore but it's just funny right because that's an example of a thing that's like done with good intention but like asking someone who can't swim to go swim in the middle of a triathlon and like basically almost drown probably didn't feel like a great team bonding experience, but much like we've talked about before, it made for a great story, right? That like lived on beyond the years of experience together. But anyways. <laughs> the funniest part about it is, is it probably made for some long lasting, amazing stories throughout the rest of the year. <laughs> right. Well, and it was like super cold. So like yeah. People were on like hypothermia watch because again, it's in like what September, late September, yeah. early August, or late August. I don't know. Anyways, Jeez. Jeez. we went and played paintball once. That was a lot of fun. And our coaches actually played. Like, I think that was the best part is we had, you know, Mark, who is in his like, I think at the time, like maybe mid 60s, out there playing like tactical paintball with us. And we let the the people at the paintball place like make the rules, right? So it wasn't, they made the teams. So it was, had nothing to do with us. And we were given instructions for what to do. And I think the fact that our coaches played as well was awesome. And within that, you were also given free reign. So like for people who didn't love the idea of paintball, we were like, okay, well, what can you do? Um, on the sidelines where like you're not actively shooting at people that's not what you want to do what tasks can we give you like can you spot somebody whatever it may be and of course we all got super competitive and at one point just like started trying to tag our coaches (laughs) but like that kind of stuff is I think fun because it's taking you into a completely different environment where everybody was relatively okay with it. And um, at the end of the day, like it was cold and muddy and we got back to the rink and like we sat down at training table for a meal and everyone is just covered in mud and these welts from paintballs. And like you get to, to sit there for a little bit and like, relax and kind of decompress which I think is also important because there were people who were calling each other out after for like you were targeting me (laughs) what was your deal 
and being able to have those conversations and like process it all at the end, I think is just as important. Um, and especially if you get to do it over food for athletes. <laughs> but you make a great point though, right? I think like having everyone involved in the team building is huge. Like at Ryerson, we organized um, a hip hop dance tutorial. So like our whole team learned a hip hop dance, including the coaches, including the support staff, like our physio, oh my um, God. <laughs> like our strength and conditioning coach. So like everyone was in there, but again, like everyone's out of their comfort zone, mm-hmm. right? Some people were like front row, wanted to be in the camera, like yeah. whatever, but everyone was doing it. And there was just, I think that's a really important point. Like if you can include everyone, include everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think, I think our team or my coach rather was like really great with implementing the team bonding stuff. Um, I can't remember the place, like the name of the place that we went, but it was like this, I don't know, like farm of sorts with like lots of land. And there was tons of like activities for us to do. So we were split into four teams or something like that. You had like red team, blue team, black team, like whatever pink team. But then we had these different activities throughout the weekend it was like a sleepover weekend we had these different activities throughout the weekend that we would do so we had like archery I'm pretty sure there was rock climbing we had like canoe races there was like horseback riding like a bunch of different things and like it got everybody out of their comfort zone right like I had a personally not a big fan of rock rock climbing but I did it anyway and like my team supported me through that kind of like moment right um but just the entire weekend, like there were so many funny things that happen where it's like, it just creates those small little bonds between like you and the team that you're like with versus like the the team as a whole, or like the team that you're competing against. So like, I'll never forget forget the girl on my team. We were in the canoe race and I think she was at the back of the boat or canoe or whatever. I can't recall specifically, but she's not a big fan of spiders. Like at all and keep in mind like we're way far from shore at this point we had to like canoe to like a certain like buoy or whatever and back and we we're on our way back and she noticed that there was a spider in the canoe and she freaked right out to the point she like jumped out of the canoe and swam back to shore like <laughs> it's just like those small things where like it really does create again like the memories with with those people with those groups with the team Mm -hmm. that you carry on through the rest of the year and it wasn't just like that one incident obviously like there were so many different things that happened that weekend that I still remember but like it's just yeah that's probably like the most memorable memorable one for me but yeah 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 I'm also thinking right now it it also gives you a great kind of example for dealing with conflict outside of your sport Right. Cause like when you're in your sport and there's conflict, it's really heavy, right? Because there's so much on the line and, and whatnot. But if you're like playing a game of paintball or you're in a canoe race and there's conflict that comes up, it's like, okay, I'm just going to call you out for it because this is a game that means nothing at the end mm-hmm. of the day. Like whether or not, I mean, of course I cared if we won or not, but like, <laughs> it's not in a hockey setting. It's not in that setting where we all have so much of our egos bought into it so like calling you out for like one girl we played laser tag one year there's a shooting theme here it's really weird um (laughs) concerning (laughs) we just had to take our aggression out on each other in a really healthy way um but with laser tag you wear these sensors all over the place and we found out the one girl was like covering the one on her head and the one on her shoulder so you just you literally are just like you're cheating like get over yourself what are you doing like this is not how we do this and you know everyone laughs at it because nobody really cares but for the rest of the season we were all really good at holding each other accountable for stuff that we were or were not doing and I don't know if it was learned in that scenario but there's just so much that can come from team building that if you're a college program or even a junior program where you have a budget, if at least a small portion of that budget isn't going to some kind of activity, like what we're talking about, I think you're missing the mark. Yeah. Well, Tilly, your story reminded me. So at, at Ryerson now, 
what is it toronto metropolitan university anyways um when i was there yeah they just changed the name of it when i first started like i was new staff member but our athletic director at the time he was amazing and he used to run an athlete retreat so it wasn't just our team but it was all of the athletic teams would get together and we would go to a camp ground up in northern ontario and would, there'd be a bunch of different things planned. You'd actually stay with athletes from different teams. So you'd have a team retreat, but this was before it. And the whole point, like we were the Rams, right? So you referred to it as the Ramily, but it was like to get all of the athletes together, but not just the athletes, the staff. So like I got to know assistant coaches and coaches from other teams. We ran through team building exercises and it was really awesome. And there was also at the end, this like obstacle course where the athletes were put into different groups with members of different athletic teams. And then the staff had a team that competed as well. And the events were like, you said, there was like canoeing, there was archery, but then there was like Sudoku and there was like fire making. So there was like, and you got to pick who would compete in each one. So it was cool because it gave you a wide range of ability for people to like sh- play to their strengths as well. Like someone might be good at canoeing and someone might be much better suited for the Sudoku. So there was like a range so people could still kind of be in their comfort zones, but bring their strengths to the table. But like, it was a really, really great experience. Like even for me as a coach, just to really get to know people again, outside of your sport. So even bigger scale, like as an organization, are there things that you can do to create that bonding? Because even outside of just your team alone, that stuff can go a really long way. Oh, absolutely. And like, now that you mentioned that, it makes me like, think back to when I was in university, because I came from a very small university. I think we had like, maybe like 2000 ish. Like, I don't know. It was super small. Um, but the athletics department was actually like, when I first got there, I mean, it was just like, you stay with your team, like hockey really didn't get along with soccer. Like there was like these really weird issues. Um, but by the time I graduated, like we went to other, other teams games to support them. Like whether that was basketball, volleyball, soccer, um, we made sure that we were intentionally going out of our way to go and support the other teams that were within our university. And I like the idea of like putting something like that together or like for universities to kind of implement that for their athletics department, because that support is actually so important. And I don't think it's actually talked about too much either. And like, one of the things that I did was like, we have like a student athlete council. So, um, I think I was like president for a year or two or something like that, but I made sure that we had these opportunities for the athletics department as a whole to get together and, give back to the community so we ran like um like a food drive around Christmas for example so every team was involved or they could choose to be involved so like typically we had five six people from each team that would come along and and then we just had different areas of the city that they canvassed and walked around and made sure that we got some some donations to pick up and whatnot Mm -hmm. but at the end of all of that like you get to make those it's not, and it's not even about like deeply bonding. It's about getting to meet people and getting to know like different sports and, and being able to have that support there too. So I, I don't know, like, I don't know how it works in bigger schools because I think it's again, like not really talked about very much. You see it in organizations a lot too, right? Like even on the corporate side, Lauren, like people in their groups are siloed. Right. And it's very much like us versus them. And in teams, let's say hockey, like like you said, even in team building scenarios, if you have a team versus a team, like it can get really competitive, right? Or it's like defense versus forwards, right? Like, so, but you're right, big picture, you're better to create an environment where there is that bonding between those different groups and that they can support each other because long-term for sustainability, like that transparency and that unity is really important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I wish that we would have had an opportunity to do more stuff as an athletic department, but like didn't have the luxury of it being small enough or even also because the size really doesn't matter. Like we could have met with one other team and done something like that. Right. And, um, but that it wasn't a priority. Um, but one of the things that I really, really did like was that we always had, Sorry, my chair squeaked. 
Um, <laughs> we always did. Lauren, are we sure that's what it was? Wait, see if I can get it to do it again. Of course, now I can't. Yeah. Mm, right. Shocking. Interesting. Mm. Self-resolved. <laughs> um, but we did always do community service stuff together. And it wasn't like your team is signing up for this. It was, if you were interested in doing this community service thing, they actually tried to get people from different sports to go because there was no guaranteeing that all the kids at the elementary school watched women's hockey or watched basketball or whatever it was. So getting to meet other athletes that way was awesome because you're doing, at that point, it's community building. Like you're building a community outside of your own sport that then if something happens in your sport and you are unable to play like you normally can, then you have somewhere else to go for a support system. If for whatever reason you feel isolated from your sport, you have more community to reach out to. Um, and that's the other part of like team building on the grander scheme is like, you're creating a, a support system as well that knows you as a human being and not just as the athlete that you are or the coach that you are. Mic drop, apparently. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of where, where to take it next because you're right. Like straight up, like you, it's, it's, really important to make sure you have like the community aspect I think especially once you're at the university level because as we were saying before right like mm -hmm. this is the time where kids have moved away from home for the first time are independent on their own for the first time and it can be overwhelming so that's why it's important to not only have like of course that team support and that team building aspect but to make sure that you're also connecting outside of that because if there does, you know, God forbid happen that somebody has like a season or, or sport ending type of injury and they mm -hmm. find themselves outside of that same like group that they've only been forming those like close, deep relationships with, it does get hard to make connections outside of that because you're having a hard time, not only relating to like your surroundings, but also relating to yourself because like that identity shift is a big one to be making if you're not able to keep competing. Mm -hmm. yeah and I think we all know right like when you're in it like you're very embedded in like the subjective reality of the team and the culture and what's going on and sometimes even talking to a teammate isn't necessarily going to give you like the objective perspective that you need or could use like I remember when I was coaching at Ryerson, there was a, a side group that started and it was for injured athletes or athletes that were recovering from injury from multiple sports that could get together once a week and, and basically talk about that and provide support for someone who really does understand what their peers are going through, right? Or there were some athletes that couldn't play anymore because of injury, concussion, whatever it was. But finding that space, right? Because I think especially for athletes having support system doesn't always have to just be within your team, right? Like it could be within the department or it could be outside of that, but making sure that, especially as a coach and a support staff, you're providing ample opportunities for those athletes to get the support they need. And it's not always going to be inside the team. Yeah. And in fact, it's good to get different perspectives. Like it's good to have friendships and support outside of your team because people see things differently. And a lot of people who end up succeeding in the same sport have a lot of the same perspectives on stuff. So it's like, how can you branch out? How can you find that different perspective? How can you um, also, like when you need to separate yourself from that vantage point or from that focus to see things differently? So, yeah, I think that's also important. All right, so as we wrap up then, what are like the key takeaways from team building in your opinion? Like if we're going to summarize. Number one, have everyone do something together. That is at least somewhere outside of a comfort zone, I would think. 
or like not related to the sport, maybe that's a good stepping stone. Mm -hmm. And finding the balance of like bringing everyone together, but acknowledging and appreciating everyone's individualism too. Mm -hmm. And then I think it's important to stay consistent throughout the season. Like, don't just do this preseason. Don't just do this postseason. Like, it needs to be intentional. Like, book a time to do this with your team if if it needs to get that way. But like, make sure that you're still doing something. I would say like once a month. Like, honestly, like if you want to keep that sort of like consistency going, so you can also like not only check in like with the group, but see how it's progressing throughout the year as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I would say as a coach, like consult your leadership group, consult your players in terms of the team bonding that they need. Right. Cause we all know like every season's a roller coaster. The ride looks different for every team. So like you want your finger on the pulse of what's going on. So like, if you find that there's maybe a lack of trust in the room, like your leaders are going to know that better than you are. Make sure that they're, they're able and comfortable to come with you in terms of what to come to you with what the team needs English. Some days it's hard. It's okay. It is. I agree. I agree. The words. words. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, all, all good points. I'm glad that we finally got a opportunity to jump back on the mic and riff a little bit last week was lonely without you Lauren so (laughs) good to have you back good to be back on um yeah for anybody listening uh, if you found this episode of any value please share it on social media or share it with a friend and if you really want to support the podcast go ahead and leave us a rating and review on Spotify or Apple